Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for not only them diehard baseball fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. I'm Tyler, aka T Plush, your host for the show. I'm a contributor for reviewing the brew for Fansided and one of the founders of the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast, where you can find all of our content on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. We post a lot about Wisconsin sports, so the Bucks, Brewers, and Packers. We like to post our takes. Sometimes they're a little heated, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're with reason, sometimes they're also without reason. So you get the good, the bad, and the ugly out of us, but that's what being a fan is all about. Today, I am joined with good buddy Trevor, a.k.a. Sunshine Bender, who can be found on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. He is a host of the Packers Trilogy podcast. So, let's check in. How are you doing over there, buddy? Well, I do not appreciate you saying that we have good, bad, and ugly takes. You have those. Scott has good and bad, and then I just have good ones. Huh, the truth comes out. <laughs> so speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> all right, I'm going to make sure all of my points on his next Packers trilogy podcast are just to sabotage him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give him impossible situations to dig himself out of, so consider this war. <laughs> Fair, bring it. <laughs> all right, speaking of going to war... We're not doing that. We're here what? to talk Brewers <laughs> baseball <What>? today. <laughs> See, there, there's the ugly one from Tyler. <laughs> there, there are the ugly takes. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anywho, we're talking Brewer prospects today. We are on prospect number 17, Pablo Abreu, and 16, Micah Bello. So we're getting down there. We have two outfielders to touch on today. And the first one is just going to piss Trevor off a little bit. Another guy who signed as a 16-year-old in 2016. Uh, So, again, already has more money than all of us put together. (laughs) He is from the Dominican Republic. Um, Really kind of jumped up the international uh, rankings during the prospect showcase in February 2015. So Brewers only gave him an 800000 thousand dollar bonus so oh he's not a millionaire yet (laughs) but trevor's gonna tell us a little bit about how he's doing as a professional baseball player yeah so starting out in 2017 he played in the dominican summer league during that year he had a 256 batting average in about 200 at bats Um, he struck out 22 percent of the time he had two home runs and 21 RBIs in his first 
professional season. Moving along to 2018, he did play in the Pioneer League. Again, he had about 200 at-bats, this time with 7 home runs and 33 RBIs, which are both increased from the previous season, um, but his average took a little bit of a hit from 256 to 250 in 2018. Strikeout rate, pretty similar, 25%, but he was able to increase his walk total, which is always encouraging, um, especially as a young player. Moving along to this past year in 2019, he was in Arizona Rookie League, and he actually ended up finishing the year with the Timber Rattlers. He played 27 games, about 100 at-bats, with a 186 average, 31% strikeout rate, um, and decreased his walk percentage. Now that's from taking a step up from Rookie League to the Timber Rattlers, which is a Class A affiliate of the Brewers. So there was that increase in level, and hopefully he's able to figure it out with a full year in that regard there. In general, as a hitter, he is balanced and will use all aspects of the field. He'll go oppo, he will pull the ball, he'll use center field, just kind of what the pitcher gives him in terms of location. But with saying that, um, he does have a high, pretty high strikeout rate, so he is an aggressive hitter, but he has been able to show the ability to work deep into counts. The results really haven't been there. There hasn't been a great batting average or a lot of home runs or anything like that, but showing those things, especially as a young player, is important, and if you do all the right things, eventually the results are going to come, and hopefully that is the case for him. So Tyler, why don't you go ahead and do your breakdown of his swing and maybe tell us he reminds you of Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff again. <laughs> uh, no, I don't have any comparisons this time, unfortunately. <laughs> Glad you appreciate that, though. <laughs> uh, but when looking at his swing, it's a very short, compact swing, and his hands, they move ever so slightly backwards, but they're pretty much at ready position when he steps into the batter's box. The front leg barely leaves the ground when the pitcher is coming through his windup. And you can see that his swing has a lot of power potential, and he's proved it in a smaller sample size, especially if you think back to the 2018 stats. Trevor said we had seven home runs and 200 at-bats. So if you span that consistently throughout... An entire season, obviously you can't do that, but then you're looking at just under 20 home runs throughout an entire league or entire season. But, you know, power is always one of the last things to come as a young hitter. So the fact you can you can see the ability that he can do it, that's encouraging. And like Trevor said, making that leap up into the higher levels of A and is just going to be a challenge for him, and hopefully he is able to learn off a down year from 2019 and come back strong in 2020. Moving on, we're going to switch over to prospect number 16, Micah Bello. He is an outfielder again, a right-handed hitter and a right-handed thrower. So he is actually Hawaiian-born, so he's got some pretty good hair flow going on. Can't compare it to anybody. Sorry, Trevor. <laughs> Uh, but he was drafted 73rd overall by the Brewers in 2018. 
and was actually the first Hawaiian high school position player taken in the first five rounds since 2013. So when he was drafted uh, high by the Brewers, he left his commitment with St. Mary's and decided to go pro, which I don't blame him, and I don't think uh, many other teams are expecting him to go that high. So it was a pleasant surprise for him, and now he's able to start being a professional a little bit quicker than what he was anticipating yeah so that 2018 season when he decided to follow the professional route he had a batting average of 240 in 154 at bat and 37 of those or he had 37 hits um in those at bats but only eight of them went for extra bases. He had a lot of balls on the ground, 50% in fact. Um, and then the other 50% was 23% line drives and 27% fly balls. So I know like growing up as a little kid playing like T-ball and working your way up there, they always told us you want to hit it on the, hard on the ground or line drives. But nowadays, especially in the major leagues with the launch angle revolution and all of that, it's, I don't know, is 27% a good fly ball percentage or do they want that higher nowadays, Tyler? No, they want that a lot higher. 27 is pretty low. <laughs> it's just weird thinking that not that long ago, that 50% ground ball, 23 line drive, like I think that would be great not too long ago and learning how to hit um, that's what they want to see but it's just interesting with this new revolution of just trying to get the ball in the air and hoping for the, that it goes over the fence that they have going on in in professional baseball right now it's just kind of an interesting thought but let's move ahead to 2019 his power numbers improved when he went to the pioneer rookie league he had a 232 batting average in a little bit more at-bats than he did in 2018 at 177. He had 41 hits. Now, that was only four hits more, but he had 10 more extra base hits in 2019. So he had nine doubles, three triples, and six home runs. And we see that all-important fly ball percentage increase, and that went up to 44%. Um, his ground ball went from 50 to 36 percent and the line drives 23 percent to 20 percent in 2019 so a year in professional baseball and they have him already going into that launch angle revolution one thing that of note when when you look at his numbers six home runs it's kind of crazy but you look back at individual games so in 2019 june 15th he was a triple away from the cycle so there's one of his home runs the very next day june 16th he hits two home runs so that's three home runs right there you fast forward to two more days in july the 11th and the 12th he hit a home run on each of those days so through four days, four games, he has five of his six home runs, which is just just kind of interesting that he really seems to get hot and hit them in bunches, and then he's kind of cold, at least in the power aspect, the rest of the time. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more consistency and or just see those spurts come a little bit more often than they did um, in 2019. But overall, his numbers did improve you did see some 
encouraging improvements um, from 2018 to 2019 for Micah. Yeah, I agree. The The home runs coming in bunches is interesting, and that just kind of goes back to that fly ball percentage that you were talking about because when you're seeing the ball well, you want to be hitting the ball in the air for an increased chance at a home run with these spike baseballs and all. So, yeah, I'm not too surprised to to see him hit those home runs in bunches, especially if you go through a stretch where you're, for whatever reason you're just picking the ball up, you know, like it's a softball being lobbed in there. So um, we'll kind of see if he's able to what he's able to do in 2020 in that regard and if that's a trend going forward with him. Looking at his swing, the first thing I noticed was that his hands are set very high. Like most hitters typically have their hands like shoulder level his are more up near his ear, so not like a Craig Council ridiculous one where the bat's way up in the air. There's your comparison, Trevor. <laughs> um, but that's just where his his hands are set. He uses a mildly high leg kick, and then the really awkward part about his swing, because you can see it in, in full speed and you can see it in slow motion, the bat does not move until his front leg is it, it's touching the ground and pretty much completely straight. So it's almost like there's a stutter. That front leg hits the ground, it goes straight, and then he hits the ball. It's like it's divided up into two segments. So it's it's really awkward, and I, I'm still not used to seeing it. So I don't know if that's how he's always – it has to be how he's probably always hit, but I'm curious to know if the Brewers are okay with that or if they're trying to get him to – get something a little bit more fluid um, in the batter's box because it's definitely unorthodox in its appearance. When you mentioned that kind of weird aspect of his swing, I didn't notice it right away, but going back, I can I see what you're talking about. And to me, I think that's something the Brewers might want to start working on with him because I imagine if we're seeing this, scouts have to be seeing this. So... I feel like that's something you want to work on because as a hitter, when you're especially trying to get some power behind your swing, that's something that you, your your weight shift, that's something that you don't want to stop before you swing because you should be using that weight shift as a part of your power. But when he's weight shifting and kind of stopping there and then swinging, that seems like he's using a whole lot of upper body and not really allowing his hips and where all his power should be coming from his legs, his hips, his core. He's not using that. It seems like it's all mainly upper body in his arms. So I feel like that's a way that they might be able to generate more power. And he already increased his launch angle and his fly ball rate. He doesn't even have to change that much. It's just kind of make it more fluent and not two steps and just put the two steps together and make it look like a fluid motion. And I feel like that would help with some of his power numbers. So long as it's not a Trent Grisham type of thing where it's just, he's not comfortable doing that and he's not going to be able to hit the ball at all. If he does that like Trent Grisham's grip, because as soon as he went back to his own thing, he was able to hit again. So if it's something that's like fundamentally, he just he doesn't feel comfortable with it and can't really function as a hitter like that, obviously then you don't want to change it. But I feel like if it's something that he is willing to change and he is still able to hit contact wise, I think it's something that could generate a lot more power for him. 
it's definitely hard to break old habits. They say like, you know, if you move something in your house, it takes 30 days to relearn where it is. Well, that's a little different as a baseball player. It probably takes over, well over a full season, season and a half to really kind of retrain that memory and get used to what you want to do as a new approach as compared to what you've been doing for your whole life. So it's definitely not an easy thing to do, but that'll be interesting to track in 2020 and seeing how he progresses through that and if the Brewers decide to do anything about it or not. But I think that will wrap us up here today. Make sure you are following the podcast and checking out the Bucks Trilogy podcast and the Packers Trilogy podcast. We have all our takes on those respective teams through there. And yeah, lots of exciting stuff always going on in Wisconsin. So you want to be around the action, getting as much information in as you can. So check that all out and check us back next week on our next prospect breakdown. We'll be hitting up number 15, Peyton Henry, and 14, Lucas Erseg. So maybe a little bit more familiar names for you. And that's definitely exciting. But until next time, catch you later, Brewer fans. Go Brewers! <laughs>